How Johan Harry and Harley Eblen Saved My Focus. Bit of a clickbait title, I'm sorry, but that's just the way that things are going. And also, I want to shout out to a few other people because Harley is a very recent person that I've found to be, as you'd say, the same vibration, the same kind of person. But obviously, Salakawan, KOG, original guy found me 10 years ago and helped me to, to rescue myself, as he puts it very humbly also kind of turned me on to this type of thinking but also Johan Harry is a is an incredible journalist if you don't know Chasing the Scream or Stolen Focus and even just listening to him talk you can do um, Diary of a CEO he's done one or two of those Lost Connections anyway Johan Harry and again even with these segments there might not be perfect show notes so if you're interested in something please just pause check it out Harley Eblen please check out Harley Eblen is a beautiful human being first that's why he's a friend that's why he's someone that I work with but also an incredible string arranger, an incredible human, uh, reads, writes. I'm sure he'll have his own books out one day. But I wanted to talk about those two in particular and how they relate to my focus. As some of you know, um, I live between France and the UK. So I kind of wanted to split it in two. As I said, these are kind of decompression from the session, if you will. That might be the name. But also I wanted to add in things that I find really useful, I find really helpful. And again, this show is about what I wish I knew about songwriting brackets when I was 16. You know, if I knew a lot of the things that some of me and my friends talk about now, it may not have changed everything instantly, but like good advice, you can kind of think about, okay, what do I need to think about when I get to this point, when I get to this point, even if you can't do it now. So let's start after a thanks and please check out Johan Harry, please check out Harley Eblen, changing the world in their own ways, person by person. That's the only way to go. What I want to talk about first is Johan Harry, the book Stolen Focus, which will relate very closely to the second book that Harley sent me. I sent him The Go-Giver. So if you guys know Julian Honinger, if you guys know some of the business group guys that I'm with, uh, even my coach, he does it in his own way. A lot of people do it without realizing, like Jody Brunning, I spoke to Jody the other day, is an amazing, amazing, kind human being. She has no idea that she's doing The Go-Giver. So I sent her a few copies and for her artist as well. So I sent Harley this book because he's been helping me with the Discord community. It's going to be you guys. We're going to be shifting from Instagram and we're going to be going towards Discord. Like I said, these segments that you're listening to right now, they're very much kind of updates as well. So pick and choose what you want. And again, if anything pops up you like, just pause, go and check it out like Harley and Johan. We're going to be going to Discord at some point. So I've had Jerome and I've had Harley helping me out from my business group. And they're just such wonderful human beings. Um, I decided to send Harley, the go-giver. And in return, because Harley's Harley, he sent me a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And I'm going to split it into two today. So the first thing is going to be what I like to call the Johan Harry section, my UK trip, because I really want to kind of, and as you can tell, I'm kind of trying to pick through the thoughts as we go. So excuse the, the ramble. In the UK, I remember I was flying around, I think it was two, two weeks and eight, nine days, something like that, over three weeks, I'm not really sure. And it was a strange time because it was one of the best two and a half weeks of my life while at the same time being one of the most difficult to understand, maintain, not spin out, not go back into kind of self-harming thought processes, not wanting to go back to who I was essentially. And the reason I bring up the book Style and Focus, currently our focus is the lifeblood of the economy. If you look at any anything from media, even if we think back to thousands of years ago, how people were spreading news, it's very much people's focus which dictates how they behave, therefore what they buy, what they don't buy, right? So that's uh, that's something as old as time. But when I was in the UK, I felt that I had to have notifications on all the time, you know, from personal to professional, because I was moving around. I had, you know, three, sometimes four meetings 
a day, which is my fault. I'm not trying to complain because I was, as I said, two or three of the best weeks of my life so far in terms of things clicking. But what I found was because I was going to seeing so many different people, constantly notifications on for travel, for updates, for putting together the different businesses that I'm trying to put together, maintaining communications with the people I care about, both professional and personal, because that I've seen as well has become very much the same thing. So hence today's episode, and it'll make sense towards the end as we go to where I'm at right now. But I wanted to start in England and talk about stolen focus and how as it's like taking loads of really kind of short in breath to the top of your throat like I'm taking now because I'm afraid of breathing down a microphone the point is that's what I was doing for two and a half weeks I played this show and um having spoken to Jan now he's the manager of our band Yannick Barnegren uh who is Jan Cassidy on Instagram one of my favorite human beings but we 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 did argue a lot over the last six seven months because I was head in the sand trying to put together my businesses trying to put together my life here in France trying to put together everything at the same time and Building the plane as you fly is not something I'd recommend, but out of necessity I had to do it. But the reason I say that is because Jan had done all this incredible work when I've been kind of checked out and I've apologized to him. And I think I'm going to try and adapt and we're going to work together. And, you know, he's a special, special human being. If you ever get a chance to talk to him at show, please do. Um, he's one of my favorite people and he's very kind to me and always has been. So I need to repay that. But the point is, we played the show with Fearless Vampire Killers and I found myself completely scattered if you will severed scattered um again stolen focus my focus was stolen in an amazing way you know i'd been worried about this show for about a month or so and like i was practicing i was singing into a pillow in france like in the gaps between you know i barely had time to six seven months of just intense trying to build things understand things which again this second book deep work is going to put that together but being in the uk and i remember stepping on stage and as soon as we got to soundcheck, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life, let alone playing the band. Because the 10 dark years, if you've heard of that, like um, Picasso, when he was painting, there were 10 years and it's everywhere. There were 10 years where people didn't have a clue what he did. And now, as with a lot of the classics in terms of composition and art, people don't really appreciate it until they're gone. But the 10 dark years of being in a band, right, you, you play absolutely everything. It's soul destroying. It's Due to my own mismanagement, it led me to suicide. Not being in a band has led me to suicide. But it's one of those contributing factors, right? So we step on this stage and we get in and the headliners are the nicest people on the planet. I mean, it was kind of shocking because we've had the whole, the middle kind of echelon of things in any profession. You can find people that grab and take. Like Jodie and I were talking about the fact that if everyone was kind of go-giving, there weren't so many people trying to take, then the passage for people trying to go-give would be amazing and everyone would benefit that's why i'm trying to build with the discord but if we go back to that show because for some reason it was that whole day that kind of all of these things kind of clicked into place so we went in the sound check was amazing the headliners were so fucking nice they were you know talking to kia and he was the most polite and kind person on the planet and this is someone it was so weird we were talking backstage i think i i completely fumbled a word i said do you want to do whatsapp email or football because he was asking me about sending some samples of his uh, his company, Condomaniac. And I was just like, what is what is going on? My brain couldn't take it because backstage we had a beautiful dressing room. Like we've treated like a band. You know, it sounds really weird, but 10 years of anything and everything. And then you go into this beautiful dressing room and you're looked after and they care about you. Lawrence was coming in, FVK was coming in with like Buckfast and stuff. And their manager came in and just said such nice things about us. And it was just such a surreal experience right you turn up with best friends in the world and uh jack onslow which is you know probably one of my oldest friends ever and we've been through 
the last 10 years of our lives together. So couldn't be more different, but we couldn't be closer. And we were driving in the car, you know, even with him, he could see how nervous I was. I was going between napping and babbling and trying to warm up. And it was really strange. And I think when I got to the show, everything just clicked, click, 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 click. Cause I'd stressed for a month and cleared all of my work. So when I turn up on that day, all my clients are taken care of, all my businesses are running and haven't left any messages unread of people I want to speak to. This is also related, but you get on stage or even before that, I remember everything clicking. Like I said, you get there, load in, meet the headliners who are people that I've seen on posters in my room because I was a Kerrang nerd. I was practicing interviews and what it would like to be in a band when I was about 11 or younger. So I've been spending 15 years getting ready. And then you meet someone who you used to see on your wall and he's asking you how you're doing, what you're up to. Um, he's amazing enough, like Harmony, shout out, from South Arcade, our social media wizard. She couldn't make the show and she was a huge FVK fan. So I just, in my gear or whatever I was doing, you know, I grabbed Kia, I grabbed Lawrence because they're, they're such nice people. They were so busy as well, like signing posters and doing all of this stuff. But I said, hey, Kia, is it cool? Because Harmony can't make it. She didn't know I was doing this. But he had the time to do a little little message to say hope you get well and then Lawrence was in his own way he was trying to get well she might not have heard about this so I won't spoil that but people like that okay so that's the headliners soundcheck goes really well they're integrating they're kind the monitoring guys are amazing the sound guys are amazing everyone's really polite and calm at the venue which is such a change if you've been in played every single shit show in the last 10 years like I have and then it came to show day and we had Jesse we had one of my favorite people Amber Again, I could talk, as you can tell, for probably hours and I want to keep these reasonably short. So I'm going to probably be diving back in. But all of this was going on and I was thinking, okay, backstage and then being in a band, but also making sure everyone's okay, communicating with all the guys in my band, enjoying it, making sure that everyone in the venue was kind of looked after and saying hello and just seeing people as, as mum calls it. Mum taught me, even if it's five, six seconds, you see people, you know, really make sure that they know you're there with them. And just going around doing that is is what I've always tried to do. And it's obviously pretty exhausting. So we talk about stealing focus. It's all of these things that need your attention. And on a micro level, as soon as I step on stage, you know, we decided, I decided to do war paint on my arms, my face, stab vest, everything clicked. Um, and it never has, you know, normally there's something that goes wrong, but the whole day was more or less exactly as I'd always like dreamed about. And the whole time also you've gone on stage, you think of all the technical things or the people that have come to see you. So there's people that you know and there's people that you don't know that you need to speak to i think i met 300 people that night i was speaking german to german fans and there were people from different countries that had come to see us and like i said my head had been in the sand with this stuff and everything else and when you step on stage and everything goes that you've got to sing again this is not whining because i had an amazing performance coach that kind of taught me how to think about all these things because you have the many actually john mcneil uh, d-boy as well people that have done it and I want to listen to. I'm very kind of arrogant in who I do and don't listen to. And it's sometimes a problem, but it's how I go. So get on stage and there's 500 people that you've never seen anything like it. I think I was shocked, completely shocked. And obviously if you look at the photos or whatever, I wasn't there. Like I think when you've done 10 years of something, you kind of know I stressed over learning everything the set, but it comes out and I played on just stage with some of these guys for nearly 10 years and they're my family and my friends. Even Lewis, right? He actually knew him ACM, so he's like a brother his own way. My point is, go on stage, trying to sing, trying to move, listen to the sound, understand the music, 
every single person in the room, you're kind of trying to give them to see them, you know, and even if you see someone's face out of the 500, that's not quite loving it. You have to realize that there's other people who really are. So you can't, you can't ever switch off. And that's what DY talked about. I might talk about what he said another day, because that's just amazing. Texted him the next morning. Cause I barely held on there. My point was all of these things were happening. Plus the little thing in the back of my head, it was like, Oh, Amber's here someone that's seen us do nothing. My brother rocked up from the hospital with his rucksack. And then my cousin was there, ran to the merch desk, got beers in, started fighting people and put on our t-shirts. And all of this is going through your head at such a speed that you can't unpack it. And I think that's the analogy I want to take for Stolen Focus. And please go and read it. I actually bought it for one of the artists at Rainbowwood because she's so much smarter than I was, so much more talented than I'll ever be. And you think if, if this person could get their head around this early, which I think she kind of does, it's a book to read in, in, in your hands, same with deep work. So I'm aware I've rambled for a bit, but I think there's context to it because as I said, I won't go through everything in the two and a half weeks because I'm still trying to put it together in, in a really beautiful way. But when that all happens at once, it's the same mechanism as PTSD. It's nothing like that. I've had my driving instructor, members of my family and friends, went to school with and worked out with a lot of guys who have real PTSD. So that's not it. It's the same mechanism. There's so much information being shot all over your brain from so many different angles and like i said the show day was just a catalyst if you just look at it as externally you know it was it was one of the best days of my life but internally was one of the most kind of complex and strange i've ever had so when you have all these people trying to vie for your attention that's the micro version of what Johan talks about with every single screen every single person every single thing that we deal with day to day you know if we look at our phones if we look at our computers our work communication as i was and and the point today is I deliberately had to turn it on. When I'm in the UK, I want to be available. I want to meet 300 people. And because these people are coming from different countries, for fuck's sake. I mean, if I can't turn my phone on and be available, or if I can't get a train to meet someone, or I just think people that have come from different fucking countries, and it happened before, but when it happens on a scale like that, and, you know, learning some German and then making them, a couple of our German fans, like, really smile. You know, when someone really smiles, um, because of Julian and Danny, from the business group of just tiny bits of German and Abdul as well, Abby Faisan, just tiny bits of German that I learned that seeing someone can light that up. Anyway, all of that to say that I think I owe it to the people that are responsible for any success I have to be available when I'm in the UK. Like, remember some days with Elise Mason and Ed Graves, like, you know, it does feel like family. I think Ellie and I rocked up at the studio because she stayed with my parents and even mum and dad, you know, going above and beyond my whole life. To, to support someone that didn't really know what they wanted to do and then now it's clicked they couldn't be happier you know so they were always there and just all these things wanting to be there for Ellie when we kind of had to get on the train then get another train and then mum and dad picked me up and then wanting to be there for these people but it was you know eight in the morning till 1am with Ed and Ellie because they're just freak talented I want to be available like I said and then it was a very short one but there's a lot of people I know that say I have a high performance mindset and that means get up a certain time, do cold showers. You've heard it all before. And I never was interested in that. And I think until it happens to you where, like I said, I'd finish at 1am with Ellie and Ed, like genuinely feels like the people I need to be around whom are also massively respect and talented. And then at 4am, my stomach just says, get up, fires you out of bed. And then you do eight hours of work until midday and then do another 12 hour day even as I speak, it's like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But that two and a half weeks kind of taught me so much that I didn't understand until I had to step back. And, um, 
even when I got back to France, you know, there was a lot of just absolutely wasted and it wasn't good. There was so much it didn't take care of because I tried to do too much at once because I wanted to be available. That's the micro. The macro is, you know, and Harry talking about how your focus is stolen, regardless of how it happens or whether you talk about from media, from anything, from what you choose to do, like I'm saying. So I choose to turn myself on, to be available, to have all these notifications. But the effect is that same mechanism of PTSD, whereby I'm fortunate enough where it's such a low level one that I needed to go to Dave's bath and spa with AJ and I needed friends and I needed, like as dumb as it sounds, I remember pissing everyone off talking about the bath. Like, what are you talking about baths? But I remember the show day was pretty much we practiced in midday and then I got on the platform and people were still trying to come and speak to me and get photos at half past midnight. And then I get back to Dave's house and I actually ended up locked out for scaring the shit out of my girlfriend, but locked out pretty much homeless for an hour or two because Dave had fallen asleep because he's such a legend trying to stay up. And like, I even thought, you know, if anyone I'd forgive, like it's always Dave, he could do anything to me. And then I had this makeup on and a train, I had war paint on, ended up talking to these guys in the train back, these young boys who were like, so this whole day, right, and I pretty met, like I said, 300 plus 20 or so on the way home because um, it's hard to hide with face paint on being the way I am, the way I look. And like I said, I want to be available to people. There's a limit. And I remember getting back in literally the only place I could find any space to think and let things cool. You know, if you talk about stillness, mindfulness, whatever you call it, I don't believe you need to sit in a room with candles to do that. You can do it anywhere you are if you understand the, the, the real tradition of it. It wasn't until I got in a bath where you literally, I thought about it, but you can't get a Kindle or a phone. And even the things I love doing, like reading and you learn from, and as you'll hear soon on the podcast, like actually make a lot of money if you can read the right books from the right people. Um, even that, it wasn't until I got in the bath and being in there wasn't until then that I had the time to sit. And similar to like a lava lamp, everything coming down, it wasn't long enough, right? Because this was just day one and then I did another two weeks of door to door where I essentially trying to destroy myself and to wrap that up that was too much so stolen focus when I'm in the UK that's kind of how I operated it's wanting to be available so I think I have to go into that as we go forward because like as in I cannot explain all that time in my life or Johan's book which is insanely good sensationally written everything you expect from books there's so many books out there and there's very few humans like him so to go into that another day but now we're going to talk about deep work so it's a book by cal newport and this is where harley evelyn came in and saved my focus same with johan because i think i remember when i got johan's book stolen focus i was spinning around and mum just saw me i came to you know for a two-hour visit on the way to the studio mum was like read this i was like what are you talking about read this and I, my, you know, my brain was not available and that's something i'm trying to work on being available because it's not fair to the people closest but she gave me this book, Stolen Focus, in paper, and you can touch it. And it was something that it brought me down because it was a book about Johan Harry having the same issues that come from the side effect of that kind of post-traumatic um, mechanism of so many things all the time. I remember Danny Humming as well in our business group talking about how he deliberately doesn't listen to anything on his lunch break or deliberately doesn't. Austin Hull as well from Make Pop Music, all these people. So I'm going to have to leave that there. I'll come back to another to another day. Um, and the second half, the final part, again, I could talk about it for a long, long time, but simply there's a book called Deep Work, which Harley Eblen sent me and Harley is amazing. He's kind of like my Seth Godin, my Cal Newport, my, my guy. Um, that's why I think he needs to meet Salik as well. So I'm gonna make that happen. 
the first story is wonderful. So Carl Jung, who was Sigmund Freud's kind of apprentice, then turned competitor because of the nature of psychodynamics. But he talked about having built out of stone in the woods and putting himself in a lot of debt to do so, a stone tower, whereby he could go in, he had the only key, no one could disturb him, go in that room, obviously no technology, this was 100 years ago, so even still he wouldn't let anyone come in, and it was that idea of cabin in the woods, right, and even to take it from that specific example to what we understand as people, like when people go away to write books, to write records as a musician, but there's parallels in everything, you know, acting, anything creative, right? And even creative elements of business, creative elements of paper writing, which Cal talks about beautifully. Because again, if you understand people and philosophy and how the brain works, then actually if you read amazing books like Cal's offered, you realize that applies to you. You just have to change a few of the words and a few of the things and he's talking to you. So we've just moved into a house here in France and it's like a dream. You know, I think it's a bit weird for people to see, but when you're in here, it reminds me of my granddad's study, reminds me of both my grandparents' houses, literally is my girlfriend's grandparents' house, and it's got this beautiful old aesthetic, everything's kind of rickety, and we're going around tightening and fixing, and it's a strange thing, so that the premise of deep work is that if we're like what I was in the UK, that's fine, there's lots of arguments, you make your choice, but long term, doesn't work. And equally, when I was in the UK, I couldn't do any deep work, I didn't even want to write songs, I was there writing songs, but only one or two with Ed and Ellie who were so damn talented and Liv and um, Sarah and as well. So yes, I was working, but I had to, got some amazing advice from Pete Curley as well. He said, whatever happens outside the studio, when you're in the studio, sharpen your fucking pencil. Meaning he can see that I'm a bit like him. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. And the more I get to know him, the more that's reassured, like a lot of my new friends. You can't be old friends, but new friends you should welcome. And he said that so again just to repeat it whatever you do outside the studio okay but when you're in the studio if you can't focus if you can't write if you can't hit your potential there's some very kind things to say that i remember about my writing if i can't do that then what's the point in everything else if you can't do the thing you're doing so cal newport talks about that again if you can see the parallels already that i'm kind of working through in my head in these compression sessions decompression sessions it makes a lot of sense so we've been moving I've been on the go for seven or eight months, nearly a year since I started my business up until pretty much Saturday when we moved in and so many different things and having to apologize to people for being shit, for not being available when I should be and then being available for the wrong people, the right people, all of these balances. I'm going to get Griff Hosker on as well. I'm so excited to talk to him because he's taught me a lot, um, solidified a lot of things. Again, when I was in the UK, it wasn't like all of it was new. I didn't understand it. It was that so many different things clicked at so many different intervals over that two and a half weeks. I could not put it all together. And when I saw Takahide, we essentially just had to nap because he saw me. He was like, what are you doing? And he's my Kulimoji-chan, which means grandfather in Japanese because he's younger than me, but he's one of the most serene, intelligent, kind people, the best listener I've ever met in my life. When you're around people like that, it makes it easier, but I just could continually put my head in the grinder of finding and everyone I speak to, right? Because again, I'm very kind of arrogant and deliberate about who I spend time with, but they're amazing. So if you, if you switch off, you don't learn because they're that interesting and that kind and people I respect. So to go back to here in France, and I try and split, similar to Griff Husker's book on Alfred in the Anarchy series, between France and the UK. I think when I'm in the UK, my choice will be to be available, to have my focus stolen, 
as much as I can take while then having those times when I'm writing, especially what I do at Rainbow when it's kind of like studio mum. Uh, Jess Doolan called me uh, soccer mum or wine mummy. And I was like, yes, my maternal instincts have got me all of the jobs that I have. But at the same time, as Pete said, when it comes to writing, even setting up my whole studio and today, every wire, this, you know, obviously I'm quite a difficult person to live with, but every wire, every thing in the room is considered and I'm trying to find everything and literally shaking my mic and making sure everything's not rattling. And this is the book, Deep Work, because I started reading over the weekend, literally as you're moving house, different countries and it can be a more stressful combination, a couple of businesses that I love and people I love working with. And Harley got me this, he sent me this book, like it arrived before the book I sent him and he responded, sending me a book after I sent him one. So that's just Harley, you know, he's killing them with kindness or war of gifts as they used to do in some Native American tribes. And I got the book and I went to Leah's parents' house because her dad's brilliant and helping us with stuff here. And it's just nice to be here in France and realizing that as well. I went to cousin's wedding here in France and I was like, ah, this is very much where I also want to be. And that was the dilemma is that I want to be everywhere. And that's the issue. So today I'm trying to put that model together in my head, but also for you guys. Same with thinkability. Like if you can speak and write in a way that seems like a logical thought pattern, people can learn from it. Maybe, maybe not. Even talking about stolen focus, being in the UK, you can hear us quite manic. So the last part of this, I want to return to something more stable. So Cal Newport, deep work. And I managed to maybe steal an hour yesterday, because ever since we moved in, out of one place into the next, and then you have to build everything, try and fix things, move things, all the normal things that happen. Never been happier, genuinely. That's the thing, you know, I'm so happy, but so fractured and so scattered. I needed to return to what I think is going to be helpful when I'm here in France and then parts of in the UK when I need to focus. So reading this book, which I recommend, not all, not everyone has friends like Harley, who sends you books that kind of hit, hit the nail exactly where you want and they interlock beautifully with Stolen Focus, which is a book uh, my mum gave me to me. So I think she knew that when she gave it to me, all these things you don't realise until you step back. But what I did, read the book a bit yesterday as well. Like literally we finished everything in the house sort of this morning even. And that's the point. I knew that if I kept checking my phone, because again, I work with amazing people. I love people on Instagram, or Facebook or WhatsApp or clients or however people get in touch. It's a lot of different things. And it's great. I think, like I said, I want to be available, but now I'm realizing the point is to be in control of when you're like that because you can't control how it affects you. Maybe that's the best way to say it. So just as my routine, not to be wanky. Like I said, I didn't choose to be getting up earlier. I want to be now. I understand that value and how it works for me. But reading book yesterday, so this morning, wake up. I won't say the times because it's wanky. People like to virtue signal or whatever, but I woke up. And I went straight out the door. I didn't look at any phones. I think I looked at my Kindle to walk around the house because it's kind of dark. It reminds me of my grandparents' place. And I'm trying to build a study, I realise, similar to my granddad's. And it's a studio. It's mini rainbow wood, baby rainbow wood. Because the way Ed's done it is incredible. You learn from people like that, just being around them, let alone what he's offered me in terms of opportunities to work there. So I'm running around my Kindle this morning to light the way. And then I go downstairs and first time I've done all of this so it's terrible order and I was knocking things over and punching doors so poor Leah trying to find a system that allows me to wake up go out went outside it was dark it was really nice played basketball just kind of scoped out the stadium 
It's called a stad here in France, but it's like a basketball, football thing court. And the reason I'm telling you that is because I was just going outside. For me, I realized that exercise is not something I want to regulate because everything else is regulated. This is the point. So for me, it was yeah, talking to myself, figuring out ideas for the show, figuring out ideas in my head, making myself laugh, like trying to dunk, uh, failing, slipping over, turning that into play. Because I realized for me, exercise is never going to be something I want to structure. I want it to be fun. And that was cool. Didn't touch my phone, came back, scoped up the bus times to get to town. We're in this beautiful part of France, which I won't name because you know, people that know me, they'll be here. And that's what I'm trying to build is similar to Ed, you know, build something that people want to be a part of and take that due care. But that's deep work. I'm going to keep saying deep work because that's what it is. I didn't touch my phone. I haven't looked at all the messages, not because they're bad, because I love the people I work with. I love the job that I do. I love the clients and everything. But there's a point where it's called residue, mental residue. When you change between tasks, switching costs, if you look at Tim Ferriss talks about it, everyone talks about it. That's my point. When enough really influential people talk about something, I spent all this morning until I was ready. Last night, I'd, you know, the other day, Sunday morning, I was up, up at four, that's virtue signaling, but paying my taxes, doing all these things in France that, you know, taxes in different language, good luck with that, that's interesting. All these things I've been building the plane as I fly the last year, like constantly scattered and focus stolen and flying around and really happy and building amazing things. But there comes a point and I hit it and I'm not proud of it, but you know, you have to sort out a lot of things and tell some people that you don't have time anymore or that people you want to be around have to be honest and it's, it's weird. But deep work, deep work. This morning after getting back, started reading more on the book because it's really good. And again, the interesting things, if you look at philosophy or no matter what religion you follow, you look at the basic tenets of good philosophy, of the religious scriptures and books, it's pretty much the same stuff they're saying just in different languages and different reasons behind it. Same with book like Deep Work and Stolen Focus. It's just two ends beautifully explained of different spec of the same spectrum. So for me, it was, I'm not going to check my phone. I haven't checked my phone today. It's probably 10 a.m., I think. I'm not sure. But it's not because I'm negligent. It's because I'm trying. I, last night, I, I've been clearing the whole weekend. That's the point. I've been working all weekend. I said, fuck, that's not good. I know the situation of all clients, friends, even the way my brain works, you know, realizing how that works got to be careful what I put in it because it'll fly around like a mouse because I have those manic tendencies as you can hear but I think like Kanye said if you can understand it's a superpower not a disability then this is what I'm saying is how do you make the most of your natural inclination and everyone will be different but again after that I kind of let everything before midday when I'm in France because in the UK it's, it's non-stop and I like that I want it to be that but here to make sure that I have time for my partner even when I don't sometimes because I'm annoying to live with. Got home, read for another amount of time, waited until I was hungry to eat. I didn't tell myself when I ate because, again, that's the same thing is like structuring. Some things for me don't doesn't work, whereas it does for other people. You have to respect that. And then ended up spending pretty much this whole morning just going around the office. I kind of put together quickly every wire, every cable. And it's an old house. So you have to be careful with how much power there is and where everything is and cleaning and moving and now everything is exactly where I want it to be it's kind of I don't know what the word for it is but I always remember seeing pictures and videos of Japan I was obsessed with Japan when I was younger particularly the culture of real kind of serenity real control of your environment understanding that if you can make everything as you wish it to be within reason because I'm extreme then it will all work as smoothly as possible long term and that's kind of 
deep work as well. So I didn't start work today. I didn't even tell myself what order I wanted it to be in. I focused on each thing as best as I could because I am a human and um, prone to magpie. And then ended up dropping a pick into my, my keyboard. And instead of getting upset, I just went, cool. Now I've got the opportunity to go downstairs, take it apart, have a look at how it works. Oh yeah, there's my pick. Put it together again and connecting with, again, my granddad, my first hero. He was a craftsman. He worked with his hands. He would focus for sometimes days at a time, putting things together. And that was never me when I was younger. I did a lot of Warhammer, so it was. But realizing that when I'm in France, that's what I want to do. I want to take time to exercise, be stupid. I want to read. I want to put everything as I want it to be. I want to eat when I want to eat. All these really kind of pretentious things. But realizing the benefit is that that means when I come to podcast, I'm like this. This is 36 minutes and haven't even touched the surface, which just, if you look at that in a theoretical, analytical or psychoanalytic, whatever, a human, forget all those words, human, means there's a lot that I haven't said. This is what these are for. So these segments, regardless if they're helpful for you, they're helpful for me. So they're going to kind of be going forward. To try and finish and bring it up to this point, again, I'd finished, I spent an extra, I had in my head, I thought, at a certain time I'll do this, certain time I'll do that, certain time, you know, rough, because you still need some structure, but I was like, I went way past those because I was tooling with my mic, screwing in the back, moving all of my things so that everything in this studio is placed exactly where I want it to be placed, and as pretentious as that is, that's just kind of how I want to work, and a couple of journals, I'd probably talk about my studio, not because I want to talk about it, I don't have the best gear, and it's not crazy, it's just the idea behind why I've done it is this Cal Newport deep work. So that's kind of it for today. So again, appreciate it. If you've made it this far, well done. Um, I'm aware I ramble. I'm going to be doing these more and more in future because like, I want to have friends on, I want to have authors on, I want to have people that are maybe not strictly in our field, but what they can teach us, if we can apply it like any good lesson, is going to be on these segments in between and that's how I want to do it. So I could talk for hours I'd imagine I will at some point. I'll figure out how that works. So as a wrap-up, thank you, Harley. Thank you, Johan. Thank you, Salek. Thank you, everyone. It's been super helpful. But the books are Stolen Focus by Johan Harry. And then the other book is Deep Work by Cal Newport. I need to still calm down. Despite talking about all of this, I'm still not centered, which is fine. I've had a really good day so far and got this done. So really happy. This is the extra content for what I want to put together going forward. And now... I shall be on to writing some tunes with amazing people. As I said, I'm very lucky the people I work with are really kind, talented, driven. So I owe them my best work. That's the point. And I will check my phone lunchtime, I would say. It won't be all the time, but I think a few days a week I need that space and people will understand. And the last point, I guess, was even all these kind of influx of people that I met that night at the show. Because when I was there, I went around, as Crystal put it, shout out Crystal. She's always been there. Uh, for the band she said you went and did about 300 micro counseling sessions and i say that as a joke my mum was is the best counselor i've ever met and i started with her when i was two and my granddad was incredible and despite the misbalance which i wouldn't change for the world of other things in my life which led me to you know piss myself at school uh lots of anxiety problems i had a lot of autoimmune problems my whole life but wouldn't change any of it because you learn how these things can teach you about extremes and managing oneself. Peter Drucker, great book. So to close it off, just to thank you, really, I'll be keeping on my deep work a couple of days a week. So like I said, those fans that I met because I was there in person, they didn't mind that I didn't reply when they sent an Instagram message. Because for me, that's not my point. My point is wherever I am, I want to be present. And that means that in the 
to the exclusion of where I'm not. So there's levels and I found a, I found a mode on Apple, um, which is awesome. I hoping they would do that. It's called personal mode. So literally only what Leah says will come through and mom as well. And then that means my goal, wherever I am, France, UK, or wherever I am mentally, because that's the point where you are physically, where you are mentally. That's the secret. If you can get those two, let me know how to manage that. But I'm doing my best so that wherever I am, physically or mentally, I am there. So then when you are with people, even if you don't see them all the time, when you're there, because I've done this before, I've back-to-back meetings over friends stuff into meetings and I realize, hmm, that's fine for someone you've only just met, but not one of your oldest friends. So being present and that is a combination of very difficult things physically and mentally. That's why being present is a wanky term, but when you put it like that, it's practical. So thank you, Harley. Thank you, Johan. Thank you, all the people that have helped me, because you know who that is if I've missed out. If this is cool, let me know. If this is crap, let me know. We're going to be in the Discord very soon. And I thank you very much for your time.